Welcome to Singing Teachers Talk, the podcast that brings you great interviews, insightful discussions and advice around the topic of singing and teaching singing. Now it's over to your host for today's episode. It's Bronwyn Bidwell. Hello, our guest today is creative coach Tommy Ludgate. Tommy started her career as a singer, performing with the likes of Paul Weller and Paloma Faith. She then became a vocal coach before moving into creative coaching. She now helps creative people pursue their professional and personal goals. So, Tommy Ludgate, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, You're so welcome. I'm very happy to be here. One of the reasons I was so keen to get you on is I know so many people who have really been thinking lately about their careers and the direction of their careers. I think it's probably a knock-on effect from the pandemic. And so I thought you as a creative coach might have some good ideas for people who want to maybe try something different, explore new opportunities. Yeah, there's definitely been that feeling of um, that energy behind what's been happening in the world. And I think that's one positive we can take from it for sure. And so first of all, just explain to people um, what a creative coach is and and what your sort of day-to-day job involves. So maybe it would be helpful to tell you a bit of my background, first of all, because I think it leads to where the story has ended at the place I'm in right now. So my background is music. I was a singer for a long time and um, spent 10 years vocal coaching. So I was a senior lecturer at BIM London and also had a private vocal practice. And I embarked on doing some teacher training through my work at BIM and learnt a little bit about life coaching. And it's something I'd heard a little bit about, but didn't really know much about. And as soon as I started learning some of the really simple tools, I was immediately interested in it. Firstly, because I felt like I was naturally doing that with people in the vocal coaching room and space. And there's always that kind of personal aspect to what people are bringing to the room. Um, But also, I was just really excited at what I think it could offer, what I thought it could offer people that do creative roles, because I think we come up against the same challenges time and again, think that we're the only one that feel that way, but actually it's a a kind of a universal feeling around fear and confidence. And um, I suppose having to share something really personal, personal when we're creating something. So I decided to train as a coach um, and did a personal and business coaching course. Um, and that was far more general and I realised that I always wanted to bring it back to my experience and the work that I had been doing so what I do now is coach creatives that's not necessarily just in music or just in performance it's across quite a varied range of work and um, creative work but it's very much about like I mentioned overcoming those challenges so whether that's mindset, building confidence, um, looking at how running a business can be challenging or the kind of balance between your own well-being and putting your effort into that business. It's a kind of, it can be quite varied. But yeah, I think lots of the same challenges come up for people. So I work with people one-to-one, it's a conversation, um, but it's very much led by the person that I'm working with. And do people tend to come with you, to you with a project that they want help with or is it more of a broader, they know they want an element of their life to shift and they need maybe help actually identifying the, the goal that they need to sort of be pushing for? 
It's both, actually. So um, I've, one example might be someone was writing a fiction uh, book and they wanted to be really focusing on that project. Um, lots of people come to me because they... It's almost that feeling of, oh, I've been hitting this same wall over and over again and I can't push through it. And actually, yeah, I really could do with with that time with someone. I think it's about accountability, um, but also having a cheerleader and someone alongside you to bounce ideas around and tell you, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I've always been a very motivated person. And even if something scared me, I've always gone and gone ahead and done it anyway. Um, so yeah, I think it can be based around a feeling and a yearning for something, or it might be more of a project based thing, you know, we're trying to achieve something in particular. You touched on that sort of fear of failure. How hard is it to change that mindset? Because we kind of learn from a very young age, you know, that failure is bad. And if you fail a lot, then you're a bad person. How do you shift that mindset that's sort of ingrained in us? Mm, I think it's the perception of the word failure. Um, I actually did a talk on this last year and it's it was really interesting understanding what people saw as failure but also like you say that we see it as a real negative thing but it's I think it's switching that mindset to any failure is an opportunity for growth you always learn from it I know I've experienced that a lot in my life where I've gone for something or I've really wanted something and it's not worked out and it's so it is excruciating and really disappointing and heartbreaking but there's always been something to come from it so I think it's learning that more growth mindset and what you can take from an experience um but I think also just realizing that fear will always be part of the creative process um I love a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert I don't know if you've heard of it it's one of my favorites and she talks about at the beginning of the creative journey, just know that fear is going to be part of that. So you may as well invite it along rather than that kind of squashing it down and pushing it away. Um, just, yeah, acknowledging it. And she she kind of talks about it in a really lovely way where it's like you're going on a road trip. Failure is coming along for the ride in the car. But, you you know, you say to it, you can't touch the, the radio or change the volume. You're not going to be telling me where I'm going. I know you're there, but, you know, I'm in charge. So kind of making peace with it, becoming friends with it a little bit, I think is helpful. And how important is it to have a community that's supportive to what you're trying to do, whether that's something you create yourself or whether you're part of a community, someone to sort of give you that push and keep you going when you you do sort of have a little bit of a bad day? Um, yeah, I think this is a really interesting question and something that has been part of my journey as a creative, like self-employed creative, because I've always worked for myself. And I think I've really noticed that even um, something simple like meeting a friend for coffee, lots of creatives would be like, oh, no, I can't do that because I'm not earning or I'm not working towards an outcome. But I really believe that it's part of the whole process. So taking that step back and having that space to just chat to someone, bounce ideas around. I know for 100% if I meet someone just for coffee or a walk, it'll get me thinking and I get so much clarity from that. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm part of different networks and people that run businesses and I know that I can always go to them for things. Like this week I, I posted something in a group I'm in asking what, what were people's best investment in themselves and their business because I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next in my business. And just being able to... Um, dip into that pool of knowledge and experience from other people that are experiencing the same thing as you is so valuable. Um, but also I think 
for me, collaboration is a really important part of my work and always has been. I used to run a songwriting retreat or camp where people would come to the Lake District and we did a songwriting experience. And so many of the people that came would be like, oh, I've never done writing with other people. Is that okay? I don't know if I know how to do it. And, of, you know, you have that apprehension. There's the fear again. Um, but it was so it was such an enriching experience for everyone to just be put in the room with people. It's like, OK, you've got this much time. You're going to be working together for the next two hours. Go for it. Um, so much came from that. So many songs were written, so much um, value. And it's a feeling again, isn't it? It's that experience of being alongside other people and realising you're not alone in how you're feeling. Um but also I think it's the accountability it gives you to push you forward with what you're wanting to work towards. And so if someone um, came to you and said, I think I need or I would like some, some help and a little bit of support, what kind of questions do you talk about in that initial sort of conversation to see whether it's going to be a, a kind of good working relationship? Yeah, I think it's a, that's a good question because I think chemistry is really important when it comes to coaching. There are lots of coaches and there are lots of people doing different things or specialising in different areas. But I think the chemistry between two people is really important. So that's the starting point. And I think I know I can gauge that quite quickly um, based on a kind of gut instinct or intuition. But I think if people are looking for a coach, it's so important that you feel you hit it off with someone because there needs to be so much trust in that relationship. You need to feel really open and like you can share with that person and trust them to guide you and hold the space for you. Um, with regards to questions, it really depends on the person because it's going to be specific to them. My first conversation with people would always be around kind of why have they come to coaching? What are they looking for? Um, but really trying to get that bigger picture vision of what would you like the future to hold? If you think ahead in 12 months, where would you like to be? What do you need more of right now? Um, what do you need less of right now? Um, and so and, and having that conversation gives me quite a a quick insight into where someone's at and what they're looking for. But yeah, I think if you're looking for a coach, it's very much about when you land on someone's website, you get the right feeling from what you see and what you read. And once you speak to them, do you feel like, yeah, there's that trust and comfort in having that conversation? Sure, definitely. And also interesting that you it's worth doing a bit of research and, and having a look around or maybe getting um, recommendations from other people who have tried it. Exactly. Um, and yeah, like I say, there's so many different areas of coaching and how you might um, work with someone. I think uh, I'm really passionate about the, a creative approach. Um, that's not to say I'm <laughs> constantly like, oh, let's try this creative thing. But it's a really great way to open up your thinking. So coaching, first and foremost, is a conversation. Like I said earlier, it's very much led by the person who's receiving the coaching. Um, and it may be that the coach asks you questions or mirrors back what you've been saying or probes in a little bit of a way with the question. But the creative tools that I learned in my training are my absolute favourite. So um, going for a walk and having coaching whilst you walk and using the visual of what you're seeing <clears throat> to kind of represent where you're at that day and what you're feeling and what you want to shift. I love how effective that is. And I love that using our hands and doing something physical can really disrupt 
the pathways within our brain so it it creates a more creative thinking the things you realize when you know you do something you draw something or you make something is really really powerful i run a vision boarding uh, workshop every season and i ran them throughout last year and just the impact it had when people were like oh i didn't really know what i was going to get on the page and you know they've sat there with magazines and torn things out and cut things up and it's like whoa there it is that's what that's what i've been wanting but it was kind of hidden somewhere deeper in there and there it is on the page staring back at me it's so um so exciting so talk us through a little bit about the vision boarding if someone wanted to perhaps try that at home where should they start I think if you can start from a place of not being judgmental of what you're hoping to achieve or do, um, I always say to people, I mean, in my sessions, I create a playlist. So we listen to something in the background and then we take half an hour to just, like I said, tear things out, just flick through magazines and just see what you're drawn to. And I've noticed it in myself. You can land on a page and think, oh, why, why do I want that? And then you start questioning it. Just try and be like, who cares? Just take it and kind of create a pile of colour, textures, words, images. And once you've got it all there, um, take some time to start arranging it in front of you and see if there are themes, see if there's certain areas of your life that are, you know, you're wanting more from or feel blocked or feel like they need something more. Um, and then I like to spend quite a lot of time kind of piecing it all together and and having an evening to do that part of the process and having it in front of you um but I think yeah vision boards people use them in different ways and um we I think we hear a lot about it at the start of a year oh do a vision board for the year and you'll achieve all these things and it's like okay well yes it's great to have it in front of you it's a great daily visual reminder if you put it somewhere that you can see it every day but it also requires you to take action so there needs to be that intention behind what you're doing like oh okay I'm seeing that thing what what do I want from it how do I get there um so I always encourage people to you know think about what's that first active step you can take towards that thing um and then usually it happens but yeah I like to do them seasonally because I think it's impossible to set a vision on one bit of paper for the whole year And so what I wanted to do with you, I've got a couple of scenarios here, sort of a little bit like an agony aunt. I thought we could fire away a few questions. I don't know if these are things that come up in your work normally. Maybe they are. Um, So first of all, okay, scenario one, help. I started writing a book during lockdown. I knocked out a few chapters in a flurry of enthusiasm, and now I've hit a wall. Shall I ditch the book or shall I try and keep going with it? (laughs) my immediate response is keep going keep going don't give up like I I'm you know desperate for people to follow their heart on something when especially if it's been easy and there's been that excitement around something initially um what comes to mind with this is that the creative process is really important to understand within yourself we all work slightly differently we're all going to have different things that inspire us or make us feel energized but i think if you've hit a wall on a creative project or a block considering what you need to do to fire things up again and it might not be sitting down and writing the book it might be all the other things um so whether that is whether that is some mindset stuff and figuring out why you're maybe not feeling confident to move forward with something what's limiting you um 
or it may be just seeking inspiration. I really like to encourage people to go and do the things that make them feel ready to to go back to the work. Um, It could be so many different things. I love going to art galleries. Um, Live music always inspires me. So it's just, yeah, asking the question, okay, what could I go and do and what could I go and do for myself that's going to inspire me again? Um, and that might be a reading, so if, you know, if it's specifically writing, but maybe reading your favourite authors or looking at how other authors, um, their processes work or how they approach things. Um, and then I do think creating habits is a really important part of the process as well. So a bit like me saying about taking action on things sometimes our creativity comes and it's like magic and you're like oh I just wrote a song where did that come from it just landed I didn't you know I didn't have to work for it but we do need to work for our creativity and we do need to work for that output so often I think more often than not we need the habits in place so whether that's figuring out the best time of day to do it like when's your peak time where for me it's the morning I'm always clearer headed in the morning um whether it's moving your body and that helps you, you know, then focus. Um, Working for short chunks of time can be really effective. So setting a timer and just doing 30 minutes and then taking a break. Taking breaks is a great habit (laughs) to have. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot to, there's a lot of priming you can do to then get yourself to that creative output or that creative flow. Okay, that's brilliant. So then scenario two, help. I'm a busy mum juggling a singing teaching business and a young family. I want to do something more creative, but I never seem to find the time. And I feel guilty about spending time on something that's not going to have a tangible benefit. (laughs) I'm laughing because I relate to this one, I think. (laughs) I've got a three-year-old and um, yeah, the juggle is difficult and guilt. Guilt is just a part of motherhood that I wasn't expecting to be such a strong (laughs) river flowing through my life. Um, But my answer to this is the creativity will feed into the rest of your life. So it's so important to prioritize it. I know if I take some time to sing something I enjoy, it might be it, that's something for me that would spur on my thinking. So then I'm going to come up with a great idea for my business. Or um, I think like flexing that creative muscle again feeds into being a mother. It's an amazing part of working with a child and their not working, sorry, being with a child and their playfulness is is so inspiring. So if you're boosting that in yourself, you're going to be able to be more playful and, you know, play with them or do things with them that's going to be so enriching. So yeah, I think it's it's almost a self-care practice, prioritizing that creativity in that scenario um, that can only benefit across the rest of your life, I think. Brilliant. Okay. And then last one, um, I'm brimming with ideas for creative projects, but I don't know how to figure out which ones to focus on. How do I sort the good ideas from the bad and find a sense of clarity? I think this scenario um, shows what we were talking about with collaboration and community, that there's a need for it. And being alone in your thoughts when you've got loads of ideas is probably the least helpful situation to be in. So I would seek uh, conversation 
and being able to ask other people for other people's input. So whether that's going back to me saying about going for a coffee with someone and just sharing and getting getting their thoughts on it. Um, <clears throat> but I think also market research. So is there anything you can do to kind of figure out how the land lies within a business idea or, you know, an area of expertise? Um, and asking others for advice, other people that are running doing creative things or creative businesses or whatever it might be obviously we don't know what the ideas are um but but ask for opinions and as I'm saying that I also think but still go back to your heart of what you Mm -hmm. really believe in because it's great to get that um input from other people but can really throw you off as well and it can be almost more confusing so take the bits of advice or or clarity the clarity you get from other people but do come back to what you know to be true and what your intuition and your heart's telling you and I think that's where I see uh, the progress in my coaching with people is because they've come to have that space with me I'm it's not my opinion I'm not going to tell what people what to do I'm just leading them to kind of have confidence in the thing they really want to be doing or unraveling what it is that they really really feel passionate about so um yeah I suppose my advice also might be work with a coach work with someone where you can have that space um and and there's not you know sometimes if you talk to a partner or a friend they've got an opinion because it affects them so it can be unhelpful to get that advice from them so yes it's kind of figuring out where's the value in those conversations and maybe where can you get some space for yourself do you ever find that perfectionism is a problem in that people want the perfect idea they don't want to sort of start something until they feel like they've perfected all the details Yes, definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, perfectionism is a massive part, I think, of uh, creative work. But it's not that perfect doesn't exist. So it's, it's not worth waiting for, I don't think. And it's the doing that leads you to the answers and, um, create space for that growth and understanding of what you're doing and getting it wrong and it and being like okay well that didn't work so I have to tweak it and try something different or try a different approach so yes it's definitely a big part of the work that I do um but it's not helping (laughs) it's not a helpful thing (laughs) and so what um tell me more about the kind of um support that you offer obviously there's one-to-one coaching you also offer a workshop or a course? Yeah, so I um, work with people one-to-one. I ran a course called Unlock Your Creative Process for the first time last spring. And it's now available as a self-paced course. So people can work through the modules, which are pre-recorded videos, and have some one-to-one support from me as well. I think I will be running it again in the spring. So if people are interested, they can connect with me and kind of get on the wait list for that. Um, and then I run my um, vision boarding events. So those are online every season. And la- at the end of last year, I just started running a um, in-person group coaching day, which is for solo creative business owners. And I've not promoted it lots because it's a kind of invite only so that I can be really sure of who's coming and that everyone's giving that value for each other. Um, that's called Blueprint Your Season. So it's kind of a 
working to look through the next three months what do you want from your business what are you working towards what do you want that to look like and really making a blueprint that works to your strengths rather than what you think you should be doing based on that kind of business mentality goal setting it's it's far more intuitive and following again I've talked about it following your gut instinct and knowing how you work best well listen it's been fantastic to talk to you just one little final question is people interested in this sort of area any tips in terms of podcasts books um, public speakers anyone who you think is a good place you know a good person to start with in terms of exploring these issues The book I mentioned, Big Magic, is brilliant by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, People are always aware of The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which is a 12-week almost course or program taking you through lots of that kind of mindset stuff and ways to work through the challenges, which I would recommend. Um, Another book I read last year, which kind of flips it all on its head, is The Practice by Seth Godin. And his approach is kind of the opposite to that magical creativity coming to you you know just feeling it all and it being very emotional he's like no you need to show up and do the work so and when I first heard him speak about it I was like oh this is really jarring with what I know to be what creativity is but as soon as I started reading it I was like oh no he's got a point so if you want something a bit more direct then um that's really great and then podcasts well there's um magic lessons is the podcast that goes with the elizabeth gilbert book and that's that is creative coaching and you hear her speak to individuals um and work through their challenges and they all come from really different uh, creative practices but some of what she suggests is great and you hear them come back to the conversation and the progress they've made and she has quite a few guest experts speaking on things as well so that would be another one Brilliant. All right. Well, I'm going to go seek that one out and uh, and have a listen. Um, well, listen, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you. And I think there's lots of uh, good food for thought for people moving forward to, uh, to sort of explore some new options. Yeah, great. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Looking to expand your vocal knowledge and add to your teacher toolbox? Then you're in the right place. Basta here to guide you with our membership, a growing virtual library packed with educational videos spanning a whole host of voice teacher topics. It's just £1 for the first two weeks and £6 each month after that. Now that's what I call a bargain. To join, just head to our website, www.basttraining.com.